I love that song. It just speaks to me. I don't know about you, but it speaks to me. That we want Jesus to change our circumstance and to be in the middle of everything. Our scripture this morning is from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we have observed his star in the east and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the Magi and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen in the east, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The word of God for us this morning. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you for a new year. I thank you for new beginnings. I thank you, O oh Lord, for all that you continue to do with us and among us and through us. We thank you for answered prayers and for the blessing of knowing that even when we go through illness or difficulties, you are with us. We ask, O oh Lord, now on this day that you will just speak to us through this word. Reveal to us what we need to see in it and help us to apply it, O oh Lord, to our everyday life. We just pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. How far will you go to see something great? 100 miles, 500 miles, all the way to China? How far will you go to see something great? When you think about it, we, we, we like to go places. We like to go see new things. We like the excitement of going to see something we've never seen before, right? Something that is maybe not available in our area, you know? Kids love to go to Disney World. Why? Because it's not here. <laughs> you can't have it here. You got to go somewhere, and it's a special place. Magical, right? Whenever we go somewhere, we, we have a good time if, we, if we're going to see something that we are looking forward to, that we're excited about. We all know the experience of packing up, loading up, 
getting ready, fueling up the car if you're driving, and then getting on the road on the way to that place. Do you remember how you felt when you took your last trip? Might have been during this Christmas. How you felt as you began the journey and set out to your destination? In many ways, that reminds us of how the Magi must have felt when they headed for Jerusalem. They had seen something that was unique. A star in the sky that wasn't there before. A sign that they had never seen. As they researched it and they found out that this star signaled the birth of the king of the Jews, they decided that this event was so momentous that they were willing to take a long journey to go check it out. When you think about traveling, you think about the fact that traveling is always triggered by something. There's an event or a timing thing, you know, it's spring break for the kids or it's the holidays or it's a long weekend and you decide, okay, this is a good time to travel. But what happens when travel happens because an event takes place that you have to be there for? then things are a little different, aren't they? The birth of a grandchild is a good example. People that have their first grandchild, they'll travel. They don't care if it's China, the other side of the world, go to the moon, they'll go. Why? So you only get that first grandchild once. You only get that experience once. And so people travel for different things, but there's always a trigger. There's always something that causes it to come about. Sometimes we just need a break. <laughs> it's time to quit. Just need some time away, right? Big events, however, always trump scheduled plans. When there's something so momentous that happens that it requires our presence, then we put everything else to the side for the journey because we understand that we might not get another chance to do it. This is the opportunity that you have. And this is how the wise men must have felt. They saw the star, they realized what it meant, what it signified, and they realized this is a once in a lifetime opportunity to go and witness something that will never be repeated again. The birth of the king of the Jews that has been promised. So you can imagine that once they realized that this was taking place, they decided to pack up and go with haste. But it wasn't a short trip. It wasn't a short journey. It was one that would take them months to complete. Have you ever had trouble packing when you go on a trip? Not knowing exactly what to take, how much to take? How many suitcases to take if you're my wife? She's not here, so I can say that. <laughs> you know, packing is, oh, she is back there. <laughs> Whoops. But packing is a challenge. What do you pack when you're going to see the king? What do you pack when the one you're going to see is so important that his birth has been signaled by the appearance of a star in the heavens? Well, you pack gifts for sure. The scripture tells us that the wise men took gold and frankincense and myrrh. They actually had gifts for this newborn king 
that hadn't even done anything yet, was not even in place as a king yet, and yet they brought these gifts to offer to him. So you can imagine that it must have been disappointing for them when they got to Herod's palace and asked about the king of the Jews that had been born and they had no idea what they were talking about. They're like, what king? Herod was going, I'm the king. They're like, no, 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 the king of the Jews that has been born. You see, the birth of Jesus was so unexpected for Herod that the scripture says that when the wise men showed up and asked about his birth, the response by Herod and the people of the town was not excitement or joy or anticipation or celebration. It was fear. They were afraid of what this would mean. They were afraid of what this sign might signify. They were scared of what was to come. You see, they had missed the sign. They had missed the star appearing in the sky. And you know, to the wise men, it must have been like, how did you miss that? It's right there. But you know, here's the thing about signs. If you're not looking for them, you won't see them. If you're not paying attention to them, you won't even realize that they have been placed. Have you ever driven by a place for years and years, and then all of a sudden somebody points out something in your route, and you go, I've never seen that, and they go, it's been there for 20 years. And you're like, but I've never seen it. Well, it's been there for 20 years. So whose fault is it? <laughs> you, you didn't see it. Sometimes we miss the signs because we think that they're for somebody else. Oh, that's not for me. That's for somebody else. So I don't pay attention to that. And so we don't pay attention to the signs that are in our path. Imagine the wise men's surprise when they realized that the people that they were coming to had not even looked up at the sky to notice a really bright new star that had appeared in the sky. The wise men asked where the king had been born because they knew that it had already happened. And as we saw, they didn't know. Herod had to phone a friend. He had to call the advisors. He had to call the scribes and the Jews and say, uh, you guys know anything about this? Because I don't know anything about it. And to our surprise, they clearly knew about this. It was in the scriptures all along. They said, oh yeah, we know about this. He's going to be born in Bethlehem in the land of Judah. That's what the prophet said. We've got a prophecy about that. You know, it's interesting. There's a scripture for everything. Just look it up. It's there. It's already been revealed. The scriptures say that, that everything we need for salvation is contained in the Bible. It's all there. But you got to read it. And you got to know it. And you got to be looking out for the signs. Well, Herod found out about this. And then he met secretly with the Magi and asked them about when exactly this star had appeared. And he, he pretended to be all interested in this. You know, yeah, I just, I just want to pay him some homage, just like you guys. I, I want to I see him too. Yeah. Just why don't you all go find him? And you all come back and let me know. 
so I can come see him. We all know he didn't have any good intentions towards that child. But we have to remember that the wise men didn't know Herod. They didn't know his reputation. They didn't know what he was about. So they took him at his word and they went on their way. The scripture says that they were led by the star, that it continued to move to show them where they needed to go. And this is something that reminds us that journeying with God is a process of stages. A lot of times we want to know the whole, the whole route and how we're going to get there, what turn we're going to make. And the reality is that God does not lead that way. God leads by stages. He shows you this far, and when you get there, he shows you the next part. And he continues to reveal himself throughout the journey. The wise men had understood that because they were following the star, and they did not stop traveling until the star pointed the destination. I can't say enough about not giving up on the journey. Sometimes the journey is hard. And sometimes it'll be uphill in the snow both ways. But the journey with God is worth pursuing. It's worth continuing on and persevering in. It's worth continuing on because if God is leading us, he is leading us to good things. He's leading us to blessing. He's leading us to where he needs us to be. And he sends us signs along the way so we know that we're following the right directions. You know, if you've gotten used to GPS, you've gotten used to the Google lady really getting mad at you when you make a wrong turn. You turn, you turn, you went the wrong way. You know, you almost hear her, you know, kind of losing her mind and pulling her hair out because you've made a wrong turn. And what does she do? She redirects you to where you need to go. And if you pay attention to the instructions, you'll end up back on the route you needed to be in in the first place. God does that with us too. We take a wrong turn. God doesn't just go, oh, they're lost. So much for that. No. He says, let me tell you how to get back to where I need you to be. And I heard a quote once that said, you can never get too far off the path that God can't bring you back onto it. He can always make a way to get you back to where you need to be. Well, they followed the star, and it stopped over the, manger, uh, over the house where Jesus was with his mother. And the scripture says that when they arrived at that destination, they were filled with joy, and they were overwhelmed with joy. And you know, this is the kind of feeling that we get when we've been on a long journey, and we arrive at a relative's house, and we open the door, and we get that big hug. And they hold on real tight because we finally made it. That's the kind of joy and celebration. They were just happy to have finally arrived to where the baby was. And the scripture says that they immediately went down on their knees before the baby Jesus. And they opened their treasure chest, giving him the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And I can only imagine the joyous visit that they had with Mary and Joseph. What does everybody ask you when you first arrive from a trip? How was your ride? How was your drive? How was your flight if you flew? 
Everybody wants to know, how was your journey to get here? And I'm sure that Mary and Joseph had a chance to share and compare notes with these wise men. And I wonder if they told them, you think you had a rough ride. We came here in the middle of the census. And Joseph didn't make reservations, and he almost didn't make it. But we had the baby Jesus in a manger, and the journey was worth it because here's our baby boy. And I can imagine the wise men sharing how many towns they visited on the way, asking people if they knew about the birth of the king of the Jews. And this visit must have gone on for some time. Because after you travel that long, you don't, you're not in a hurry to leave. You want to rest a little. You want to enjoy what you came to see. And normally the Magi would have returned to King Herod, but we're told that in a dream they were, they were told not to go back to him, but to go home another way. So they took the alternate route. And they didn't go back to the palace. It must have been a great trip back. Can you imagine as they're going home, sharing what they're going to tell everybody when they get there? Sharing how they witnessed a new king being born. Sharing how they were led by a celestial star to the precise location of the birth. That makes for one heck of a story. And one that I'm sure that they would share for years and years to come. But the scripture just reminds me of the need for us to journey to where God leads us. How far are you willing to travel to see Jesus? How far are you willing to go to search for him and to find him? How much do you want to be in his presence? Because remember, at the end of the day, baby Jesus had nothing to give them. He was a baby. It was only his presence, his glory, his majesty of who he was that was offered to them in their visit. But that was enough. Are we willing to travel as far as it takes so that we can be in the presence of the Savior of the world, the Messiah, the one who wants to lead us in our travels. And will you travel? You know, travel requires a decision to move from the couch. It requires a decision to be willing to pack. It requires a decision to be able to invest the resources necessary to make it to our destination. And when Jesus invites us to come see him, it requires us to make an investment of ourselves, to be in his presence, to cherish the relationship that we have with him, to spend time with him, and to give him our attention. Will you travel to be in Jesus' presence? Even if it means a change of venue or location, or job, or perspective? Will you travel? Will you travel if he sends you a sign? 
Will you be paying attention enough to see it? Because the wise men, if they had not been looking up at the sky, would have never noticed the change in the heavens. It was only because they were looking for signs. It was only because they were paying attention that they were able to see the star and follow the directions to where Jesus was. The other thing is continue to travel and never stop traveling with Jesus. The wise men decided that they were not going to stop until they got to the place where Jesus was. That would be a great motto for us. Never stop traveling until you know that you are with Jesus. And then when you find him, continue your journey with him. Never give up on the journey. No matter how difficult, no matter how hard, the joy and the celebration that you will experience when you travel with Jesus will be worth it. You know, there are some journeys that we, we dread, we don't want to do. And then there's ones that we look forward to. When we travel with Jesus, we can always look forward to that time because we know that God only has good things in mind for us, that he wants to bless us, that he wants to provide for us, that he wants to walk with us. And that's a good place to be. So today, my prayer for you is that you'll be willing to travel. Whatever that means for you, that you'll be willing to do whatever it takes not to miss the signs of God's presence in your life. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you for the wise men. We thank you for their willingness to travel, to go from their, their homeland, to, to go find Jesus. We thank you, O oh Lord, because you do put signs in our path. You do try to lead us, O oh Lord, in our lives. Help us not to miss your promptings. Help us not to miss your signs. And help us to be willing to move from our comfort zones to do what you call us to. We ask, O oh Lord, for your blessing upon everyone this day who is beginning a new year seeking you more closely, seeking to be more in tune with your Holy Spirit and seeking to journey to where you will lead them. We thank you, O Lord, for always being with us. And we ask, O Lord, that your blessing will continue to be with this church, that your Holy Spirit will continue to empower us, and that we will be able to reach more and more people to invite them to journey with Jesus. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. The altar is always open if you would like to come up for prayer as you continue to journey with Jesus during this year.